With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. My son and I were flying. We had missed our flight uh, in Houston, got delayed, and so our bags got re- rerouted to a different city. We wind up in Shreveport, Louisiana. And on the way, my son was, was saying to me, Dad, you know, faith is a challenging thing. And he was pointing out to me that there are certain things we believe because we can see them. And then there's other things that we believe uh, that we don't see. And he said, I, I, I wish that there was something tangible that, that would really give us concrete evidence of the things that we believe about God. Um, and he asked me, what is it that makes you believe what you believe? And I thought that was such a great question. You know, as a young man, I struggled with faith. I was an atheist. I was taught to have blind faith that everything in the universe just exploded out of nothing with no one guiding the process. And all of these beautiful things that we see from sunsets to sunrises uh, to, to all the animals, all of, all of nature just happened. And there's really no one to thank for all of that because atheism taught me that, that we're just a, a blip in time. We're an, a, a result of an accidental process that never had us in mind. And so when I began to think, when I began to pay attention, when I began to listen, things began to come into focus for me. And so I explained to my son why I believe what I believe as a Christian. Why did I join the family of faith? Well, I think God pulled me into the family of faith, thankfully. He, he, he took the, the blinders of atheism off of my eyes and helped me to see reality. And here's two things that helped me, and I thought I'd share this with you as I shared them with my son. You know, the two things that help me understand why I believe what I believe are creation and conscience. When you see a painting, do you have to have faith to believe that there was a painter? Or do you just need eyes that see and a brain that works? If I looked at a painting, I know that someone has to paint it. Because paint doesn't just fall out of the sky onto a canvas in a beautiful design like this. There must be some kind of a painter. In fact, I don't need to see the painter. I don't need to talk to the painter. I don't need to touch the painter to know that there is a painter behind every painting. All I need is eyes that see and a brain that works. In fact, if I were to say that I thought there was some other way a painting came into existence, you'd think that I hit my head on a, on a, on a tree branch and that something was wrong with the way I was thinking. Smoke's getting in my eyes here. And so when I look at creation... I don't need faith to believe that there was a creator. All I need is eyes that see and a brain that works. When I see frogs and birds and ducks and geese and alligators and deer, and I see the, the intricacy with which they are designed, the beauty that I'm looking at, I don't even need faith to believe that there was a creator when I have creation staring me in the face. All I need is eyes that see and a brain that works. Creation demonstrates the genius and the power and the divine nature of God. And in fact, we know that God doesn't believe in atheists. 
That may sound strange, but God tells us what he thinks of those who deny the existence of God right here in his word. Listen to this. Uh, I'm reading now out of the book of Romans, and, and God says this. He says, what may be known of God is manifest in people. That means we know it. It's, 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 it's uh, knowable within us. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. You see, God has attributes, characteristics that are clearly seen through the things that he's made. Just like if you looked at a Picasso painting or a Rembrandt painting or you read uh, a piece of literature by Shakespeare, you understand some of their incredibly gifted talents and attributes. You know that they're wildly gifted by the things that they make. When you look at a sculpture by Michelangelo, you have a sense of his talent, of his uh, genius. And in the same way, God's attributes can be seen through the things that he has made, specifically, God says, his eternal power and his divine nature, so that people are without excuse. You see, we have no excuse when we look at God's creation. We have an idea of some of his attributes, his divine nature and his eternal power. And that's why we feel so in awe when we look at a sunset or a sunrise or see the birth of a child or we consider the stars in the heavens. And it's just mind-blowing. And creation demonstrates that we have a creator, but then also God has given us something else. He's given us a conscience. I'm now continuing to read in in Romans chapter 2 where God says this in his word. He says, that people who don't even have the law of God in, 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 in the Bible, they do the works of the law because that law is written in their heart and their conscience bears witness, their thoughts accusing or excusing them. You see, God has also given you and me a conscience. And I've explained that to my son and, and I remind myself that there's something in me that knows it's wrong to lie, that's wrong to steal, that it's wrong to, to not love my neighbor as myself. Something is wrong with not acknowledging the God who has given us everything that we appreciate and love and depend upon and not thank him for those things. See, my thoughts accuse or excuse me based on my moral behavior because I have a conscience. And that conscience resonates with God's word and his moral law written on my heart, even if I don't have a Bible. Like, you shall not lie. You shall not kill and murder. You shall not uh, bear false witness against your neighbor. Love God with with all of your heart and with all of your soul and all of your strength. You see, these things are, are written in nature and they're written on our conscience so that we are without excuse and our own thoughts bear witness of whether or not we have violated that moral law that God has written on our heart. And the knowledge of God is plain and obvious, and we know it within us because of the things that God has made. We know he's there, we know he's powerful, and we know that he's divine. This stuff doesn't, you don't, you can't make this stuff up, and you can't just make it up out of, out of nothing unless you are divine unless you are not.
Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. I mentioned this to my son. And, and finally, I know that I have to die. That's something that I don't need faith to believe in. Of course, I, I suppose I do have faith that I, I'm going to die because everyone in the world dies. It's, a, it's appointed for everyone to have an appointment with death, and you and I won't be late for that appointment. And on that day, I will stand before the Creator. The Bible tells me that right here. The day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to the gospel. So, three major reasons why I believe what I believe. Creation tells me that there is a creator. I don't even need to have faith to believe in a creator. All I need is eyes that see and a brain that works. My conscience tells me that I have broken the moral law that God's written on my heart. You could ask yourself that same question if you struggle with having faith in God. Have you ever lied? What do you call someone who lies? Right, a liar. Have you ever stolen anything, regardless of the value? Well, if you have, what, do you, what, what, what does that make you? A thief. Jesus said, whoever looks with lust has already committed adultery in their heart. Have you ever looked at another person you're not married to with lust in your heart? If you've said yes to those three questions... And I'm not judging you. I have to stand before the judge myself. But by your own admission, if you've said yes to those three questions, then you're a lying thief and an adulterer at heart, and you've got to face God on judgment day. And we've only looked at three of the Ten Commandments. All ten of them are written on your heart. If God judged you and me by those Ten Commandments, would we be innocent or would we be guilty? I know I'd be guilty. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. How about you? Guilty? And so does that mean when you stand before God, will you go to heaven or will you suffer the wrath of God? The just punishment for violating the law he wrote on your heart and that he's written in his word. Listen, you don't want to suffer the wrath of God. You don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. And I believe God doesn't want you to go to hell. 
If you've not come to a place of recognizing your sin, confessing your sin, forsaking your selfishness and greed and pride, something that, that I have had to do and continue to do every day, and put your trust in the one that God sent to save you, and that's Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross and shed his blood to pay the price for the sin of the world. And now God tells us in his word. He doesn't tell us this through creation. But our conscience puts us on the hook morally. And the beauty of the gospel, the good news, the special revelation that comes through God's word and through those who share it with you, like I am right now, is that God has made a way for you to be forgiven and made brand new on the inside and adopted into his family of faith. And he'll give you, he'll grant you the gift of faith if you'll seek him with all of your heart. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what I did. That's why I continue to believe after 35 years as a Christian. Creation told me that there's a creator. My conscience told me that I violated and rebelled against God. And the gospel is what gave me hope of the mercy and the grace and the goodness and forgiveness of God. And God granted me faith as an atheist. He opened my eyes to see that he's good. And I trusted him and I believed the gospel and I wanted to follow his word so that God could make me the person he created me to be. If that's something that you want God to do for you, he will. In fact, you wouldn't even want to do that if he were not already drawing you to himself. I wonder if you can hear the geese above me. Why do you believe what you believe? The most reasonable, the most intelligent thing you could possibly embrace with all of your reason is that God exists, that he's good, and you've heard the message of how you can be forgiven and granted eternal life and made brand new on the inside by listening to your conscience turning away from what you know is wrong, God calls that sin, and putting your trust and to rely and depend on the one that God sent 2,000 years ago to die on the cross and pay the price that you could not pay to make you right with God, to reconcile you so that you're no longer far away and estranged from God, but you've become his child. If you'll do that, if you'll say, oh God, forgive me of my sin, I've sinned against you, and I believe the gospel that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, and I want to follow him as the Lord of my life. Make me who you want me to be. If, that's some, if that is, in essence, the desire of your heart, say that to him. And God promises in his word that he will meet you where you are, in your house, on a bayou in Louisiana, on the set of a TV show where he met me. And you will be completely forgiven 
of all your sin. You will be totally accepted just as you are. You will be deeply loved by your Father in heaven. And you will become a brand new creature. Filled with his spirit and equipped with everything you need to live the life that he has designed for you to live. And you'll spend eternity with him in heaven. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.